see you. Thank you for that. Yeah, the, the apps. Not many teenagers probably have the AccuWeather app on their phone. Okay, at this time, we can, we'll begin our service. I'm going to ask you to please stand, and we're going to sing together, Since the Savior Found Me. Church greeting you, the warm-hearted church with a heartwarming message of family church. Why not join us this morning for a worship service? Sing with us, pray with us, and follow the message in God's word. This morning I will bring the message entitled, Oh What a Day. I'm going to ask that you remain standing, get out your hymnals, and we're going to turn to hymn number 39. Come, ye thankful people, come. Hymn number 39. For that, please be seated. Randy Bickle is going to have our special music this morning. It's a piano solo, and the title of this song is Give Thanks.
Yeah, thank you for that, Randy. Give thanks. What a good week coming up to give thanks. We always give thanks in all things, but uh, with, again, Thanksgiving coming up and with our family and friends, so uh, just a good time. Obviously, if uh, you're meeting with your friends and family members or uh, for a Thanksgiving dinner, uh, always giving thanks for that and also uh, reminding them that they can give thanks in the Lord and everything that we, uh, all the spiritual blessings we have through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. So um, always every day to give thanks to him. So some quick announcements. Um, I always say they're quick. They're never quick, really, right? But uh, either way, Wednesday night, we do have our 7 p.m. service. It is a Thanksgiving service. So come on out for that. Uh, We have a lot to be thankful for in our lives. So Plan on being here for a special Thanksgiving service. Hope to see you and your entire family. Uh, invite some uh, neighbors and friends as well. As well, There will be no kids club program uh, that night, but the kids are still invited to the Thanksgiving uh, service. So please come on out for that. Keep in prayer of our uh, Christmas parade, which is really right in front of us. Um, it's December 1st is the, the Christmas parade, and lots of... Uh, tracks that are going to be handed out that night so we need walkers and uh, we need individuals to sit on the float and with smiling faces and um, but at the same time uh, just keep that in prayer Uh, keep our UBU as well our kids uh, kids grades sixth grade to twelfth grade Um, there is a youth retreat uh, coming up in January the 13th to the 16th if you're on radio Facebook or television and if you know someone who is sixth grade to 12th grade please call the church office if you're interested um, and want more information about a youth retreat uh, for those kids all right uh, that's all the time uh, for announcements Uh, right now the choir is going to come up and uh, and sing I don't know what you're going to sing actually glorious day glorious day day.
Thank you, choir. Please take out your Bibles. We're going to have our scripture reading. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. There's several, several passages in the Bible about being thankful to God, coming with thanksgiving. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we'll begin in verse 5. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of coveted. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. He hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and to, unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God into you, in you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. I'm going to ask it. Oh, I'm sorry. Going ahead of myself. We're going to have another special music performed by Randy Bickle on the piano. This song is called A Mighty Fortress is Our God, and it is dedicated in loving memory to Michael C. Ellenberger.
Amen. Thank you, Randy. Please stand and join in singing our praise and worship song.
Thank you, Steph. Please be seated at this time. Children are dismissed for junior church. Thank you, Brent. All right, go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of Philippians. We'll be in chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. On, onward, then the Philippians 4, 1 to 4, we'll hit them all today. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21. That song gets me every time. All right, let's open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you for the time of worship as we sing praises and honor and glory that you deserve. We thank you for the finished work of the cross, what Jesus Christ did for, there for us, that through his, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, we can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life, Father. Father, we just pray for our time in your word, and we pray for the, just uh, the sweet fellowship we have with it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Philippians 3, verse 20 to 21. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. I remember when Liz was pregnant with Nolan. You know, no, no. She was almost about, she was almost full term, and that boy, he just wouldn't come out. She lasted two more weeks until the doctor finally said, It's today. And let me tell you something that was the happiest day of my life for two reasons. One, we got to meet Nolan. Two, my feet could rest. Now let me explain that. You see, about for, for, for about three to four weeks, we did a lot of walking. A lot of walking in the neighborhood. So much walking that my feet were hurting. I didn't say anything to Liz because she was pregnant. It was embarrassing. I didn't want to tell her my feet were hurting, so I, we walked every night. And so I sucked it up. But about two days before the, the big day, we went on for another walk. And we went even extra, a long walk, a very, very long walk. We even walked up steps like bleachers. She wanted to go for another lap, and I just couldn't. I said, Liz, I can no longer do this. I, could, I, cannot, I, can't, I can't hold back the pain anymore. My feet are killing me right now. They're, it's killing me so bad, it's going now to my hips, and I can barely walk. I said, we need to go back. And she was actually pretty sympathetic about it, which surprised me. I felt I was just embarrassed. I'm like, here I have a pregnant wife, almost 42 weeks pregnant with a baby, and she's out doing her husband walking. I was embarrassed. Next day at church, an elder from the church, a deacon, he noticed I was limping. And he said, Pastor A, what, what's going on? What happened? And to say the least, it was a pretty good laugh because everybody made fun of me. My feet really hurt. Does anybody else deal with pain in their body? Any pains or aches in their body? It's a common question. We all do. Well, you know, there's going to be a day in which there will be no more pain. 
No more pain, no more problems, and no more aches. And oh, what a day that will be, amen? And this should be our focus. That oh, what a day, when the Lord comes back for the body of Christ, that's going to be oh, what a day. And it's a day that we all, that should be our focus in life. This day should be our focus. Which is what Philippians 3, verse 20 and 21 talks about here. Our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That word conversation in this verse literally means citizenship. Or where we call home. We may hold earthly citizenship in the country that we're in right now, the USA. But this is a temporary Situation. Our ultimate citizenship is in heaven. Ephesians 2 6 tells us He has raised us up together and made us sit together where? In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not only is it our citizenship in heaven, Paul continuously tells us go to the book of Colossians to your right, Colossians 3 1 through 4, that we're always to be looking up. Looking for that great day when the Lord comes back for the body. But Colossians 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. He tells us, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which where? Are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things where? On the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye where? Also appear with him where? In glory. Oh, what a day that will be, right? Amen. See, our eternal home should be so real to us. Go back to Philippians 3. Our eternal home should be so real to us that we constantly look to the Lord. If our focus stays on the Lord, the, the world that we live in right now, the world will have little to no effect on a believer's life. You will also not fall into the trap of minding earthly things. We talked about this last week, but if you look right above verse 20, Paul tells you these individuals who are the enemies of the cross of Christ... And the last thing, which is the first part that starts it all, it says, they mind earthly things. They don't mind heavenly things. These individuals, those individuals who are the enemies of the cross of Christ, they mind earthly things. Glory is in their shame, God is their belly, and their end is destruction. They lead people astray from the word of God. They lead people astray from the Lord himself. But our conversations where? In heaven. That's our home. That's our citizenship. We take it from God's word, which faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The word of God. Faith makes it real, does it not? Faith makes it real. And faith pleases God when he is real in our lives. Did you know that? 
it pleases God when faith is real in our lives. I picked a nice snowy road with this woman walking down the road. I don't know why, but she's trusting the Lord, right? Because sometimes we're in the dark and we have to trust the Lord with what? With all our lives, our, our whole life. It says, without faith, it is impossible to what? Please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Faith pleases God when he is real in our lives. And when we have our focus on heavenly things and our, we understand that our home is in heaven and we're living that way, always looking up, we, don't have, we aren't minding earthly things. We are, our faith, we're living the resurrection life. Allowing Christ in us the hope of glory to work. Now, I'm not saying that the world that we live in right now, I'm not saying that you can't enjoy things that you have. Do you have a house? Do you have a car? Or a camper? Or an RV, per se. Um, do you have a TV? Or do you have food in your fridge? Right? Okay. We have certain things. I'm not saying that we cannot enjoy those things that we have, but we're not to let the things in this world drive our heart. That's the idea. And Paul tells about this in 1 Timothy uh, 6, 17 to 18. A little hard to see. I can see that. But it says, Charge them that are rich in this world, they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us, what? Richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. The things that we have, God says, it's okay. we're to enjoy it. But don't let those things, the early things of this world drive you. Don't let that be your heart. We're to be focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ and our citizenship which is in heaven. Because we know upon salvation, we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in where? In heavenly places. Upon salvation. That's our home. And we're to let the Lord drive our heart. We're to allow the, the Lord to dwell in our hearts. Ephesians 3.17 talks about to let the Lord dwell in your hearts. Go, you're already in Philippians. Go to Colossians 3.17. Colossians 3.16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing with grace in your hearts to who? The Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in, your, in you richly in all wisdom. Let the Lord drive your heart. That's why when you allow the Lord to drive your heart, to allow the word of God to have an effect of your, on your heart, to, to motivate you, to move you. Verse 17. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Verse 23 says, And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord, and who? Not unto men. 
We're not pleasing each other. We're pleasing the Lord. We serve the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You don't serve me. Praise God. You serve the risen Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our citizenship is in heaven. We're to allow the Lord to move us. We're allowed the Lord to drive our heart. That word dwell is to really to make yourself at home. It's what it is. Do you ever tell someone to make yourself at home at your own house? I say it all the time, and I don't really mean what it means. <laughs> Do not go to my bedroom, my closet. Do not touch my socks. Leave them there, right? That's what I have kids for. That's why I don't have any clothes in my closet. But that's the idea. To make yourself at home. Here we go, Lord. Make yourself at home. Use me. Our focus should be on heavenly things. Our conversation, Philippians 3.20 says, Our conversation is in heaven from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's in heaven. That's where our citizenship is. It's something we should be looking forward to for two reasons. Right? Two reasons why. He lists them here in this verse. This is why we're to be looking forward to it. One, you get to see the Lord Jesus Christ. Really? In heaven. You get to see the one who paid the price for our sin. Who saved us from hell. We get to see him. What a day that will be. Second part. Look at verse 21. Who shall change our vile body. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. According to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things. Unto himself. Second part. The second reason. Is that we get a new glorified body. No more aches and pains. That's something I'm looking forward to. No more aches and pains. What a day that'll be. Our current body he says is what? Vile. That word vile means depressed. Humiliated. No matter how much we dress up, I, I, you know, we look pretty good today, right? We dress up today, right? You go out to eat, you dress yourself up, right? But when you got a limp, you got a limp, right? So you got a limp, you're still dressed up like a limp. You got a limp, right? You got, you got issues. It's vile. The body we have is vile. It's depressed. It's humiliated. No matter how much we dress up, no matter how much we work out, they are bodies of humiliation and they will always continue to break down, shrivel up, and eventually die if the Lord does not return first. But don't forget, absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. And so before the Lord comes back and you've absent from the body is present with the Lord. Amen? That's what Paul says in Philippians. Go, your, go right to the left. Paul says, use me, Lord, right now. Use my life. I don't care if my life ends. If it's to give you honor and glory, if it's to further the gospel, that some will hear the gospel, and my life is ended from that, meaning he dies, it's okay. It's okay, because look what he says, Philippians 1.21. He says, for to me to live is Christ, and to what? Die is gain. Paul knows that no matter what, 
And he desired for the rapture to happen during his lifetime. He desired for that. But it didn't. But he desired for that day. But he says, it's okay if it doesn't, because you know what? It's gain no matter what. Because literally to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. However, though, once the Lord does return for us, he will change what? These bodies. From humiliation to glory. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52 Tells us, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we what? Shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we what? Shall be changed. We will have glorified bodies like the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a day. And if you're struggling right now, Think on spiritual things, like God's word. Like God's word in Romans 8, verse 18. The present time, the sufferings that we're going through right now. Romans 8, 18 says, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Focus on God's word, what he says. That it's not going to be even compared to the glory that should be revealed in us. That in Ephesians 2, 7, look what it says here in Ephesians 2. Look what it says in Ephesians 2. Don't, quit focusing on this temporary world that we live in. We have an eternal home that lasts for all eternity. A glorified body to look forward to. A day of, to meet the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ face to face. Is that not something you desire? But look what he says. This is something we're to be focused on because it will be exciting. Look what he says. Ephesians 2, 6 says, And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, a heavenly home in, in which that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. He's going to bless us even more. He's going to show his exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus in the ages to come. And so whatever you're going through right now in your life, it does not compare to what God has in store for you and I as members of the body of Christ. It does not compare at all. Paul calls our temporary Hiccups as light afflictions. They're light afflictions. Because this life goes by so quick. It's a vapor. But we know that God has so much in store for the body of Christ. So much in store. And it's a day that we're to be looking for. It's a day that our, our mind should be focused on heaven. That's why he says, our citizenship is in heaven. Whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 3, 20 and 21. Because that day he's going to change our vile body, this miserable body. And he's going to fashion like unto his glorious body. 
according to working what he is able to even to subdue all things unto himself. It's going to be a day and what a day to look forward to. It should be a day we're focused on. A day in which we will be face to face with our Savior, with our new glorified bodies. It's a type of day that Paul reminds us that we're to be joyful. We're to be joyful in our life. Always to be reminded that we're, we can be joyful. That we can celebrate. That we can be joyful in knowing that this is going to happen. God's word tells us it's going to happen. We can be joyful. And that's exactly what he continues on. We see man, this, you know, the chapter breakdown, not God's inspired word. That's man's best attempt to kind of break down the Bible and make things easier for you and I. But you've got to keep reading verses 20, 21 and on because he says, therefore, in verse 1 in chapter 4. Therefore, everything I just told you here, we can be joyful. Therefore, because you have a heavenly hope. Therefore, because you're going to have a body like the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, that you have new life. You have the resurrection life inside of you. That you have Christ in you, the hope of glory. You can be joyful. And we are to be joyful. Jumping in the air. Joyful in all things. That's what he says here in verse 1. In chapter 4, he says, Therefore, my brethren... Dearly beloved and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Because you have new life in Christ, because you have the the resurrection power in you, because you have a heavenly hope, because you're going to have a new glorified body, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. But I want to point out here, he says, he tells them, he cares for them obviously, but he goes, my joy and crown. Paul calls the saints here his joy and crown. See, the joy and crown is in reference to them knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And as Paul will will see them at the rapture as well. He's telling them, everything I told you, you're my joy and crown. You're there. I know you're going to be there. You're my joy and crown. You can cross-references to 1 Thessalonians 2, 19 and 20. Because what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. See, we can be joyful knowing that we have a heavenly hope. Knowing that the Lord's going to come back for the body of Christ. Knowing that we're going to have a glorified bodies. But we also have to remind ourselves that we can be joyful in the present time right now. Do you ever just want to live in the past? No. But a lot of people do, right? That's what drives them. You got to live in the now, right? You got to really live in the now. You'd be joyful right now. Paul says, Philippians 3, forget those things which are behind, verse 13. In reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
Never to be looking backwards, but always looking forward. Living in the moment right now and always being joyful because we have a lot to be joyful about. We not. We have a lot to be joyful about. And Paul tells him here, my dearly beloved, I long for you are my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Knowing that he's going to see them, he calls them his joy and crown because he's talking to saved individuals. He's led these individuals to the Lord. Look at all the blessings and hopes that you have. Guaranteed to you. Be joyful in your life right now. And he's going to tell us actually how we are to be joyful. Because there was a conflict here, as you would see here in starting chapter 4. There was a conflict between Eudeus and who? Syntyche. Right? There was, an in, there was an issue between these two women. And could you imagine getting a letter from the Apostle Paul and your names are there? Could you imagine that? It'd be like literally the President of the United States writing you and saying... Sophia, you did not pay your taxes today. No. Um, this is a big issue, right? There's some issues here. There's some conflict. And Paul wants them to say, you know, starts it off. Therefore, everything I just told you, my joy and crown, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. These women are going to read this epistle, this write, this letter that Paul wrote. They're going to read it. And their names are going to pop up and they're going to say, we're being called out. We're, going to be, we're being called out. But we just heard everything, all this good stuff about us, all this good stuff about members of the body of Christ. They're probably feeling pretty good right now, right? And all of a sudden their names get brought out. And he says, I beseech Judas and I beseech Syntyche that they be of the same mind in the, in the Lord. We're not told of the issue, but there are some issues going on. And you can probably paint a picture there for yourself. But the, there's, there's issues. But they can be joyful in the Lord. Paul says, be joyful in the Lord. Everything I just told you, be joyful. Forget about the issues at hand. Forget about the earthly issues, the conflict or the stress that's going on. Whatever it is, you can be joyful. Quit being bitter. Quit being jealous. Quit being angry toward each other. He says you can be joyful. You can be of the same mind in the Lord. Have you ever been bitter towards somebody? Angry? Upset? Jealous? Put your name right here and get over it. Because you're to be in this, you're be of the same mind in the Lord. We are to be joyful, other-centered. When you're other-centered, that I bet you can be more joyful. I guarantee you'll be more joyful. Because just you can be other-centered. That's what he says. Be of the same mind. In the Lord. And that being the same mind as being other-centered. And that other-centered is literally just as the Lord Jesus Christ was other-centered in thought of us. Right? The Lord Jesus Christ, he's the greatest example of being other-centered. 
That's why in Philippians 2, 5, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was what? Also in Christ Jesus. He paid the price for our sin. Who knew no sin. Thought of us. And that's why he's telling these individuals, these two women, you can be joyful of everything you have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can be joyful, forget about the conflict, be joyful together because you're both members of the body of Christ. You're both members of the body of Christ. Let, and, and he says, let your joy that is in your heart drive you to be other-centered today. That's, you know, I beseech Judas and beseech Sintiki that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Quit thinking about yourself. Quit thinking that you're right and they're wrong. Think of them. Think of the other individual. Think of all the blessings. Think of the fact that you're one body but made up of many members. And we're to be workers together. And when you're being other-centered, you can be a blessing you can be a blessing, just like the Lord Jesus Christ is a blessing to us. See, that should motivate us. He's, he's a motivate us. Stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Eudeus and Santiki, I want you to be of the same mind in the Lord. We can be joyful. We are to be joyful. Because of everything that we have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be joyful because we have a heavenly hope. We can be joyful because we're going to see the Lord Jesus Christ. We can be joyful because we're going to have a new resurrected body. A glorified body just like the Lord Jesus Christ. So stand fast in the Lord. Judas and say, take it, get over it. If you've got an issue with somebody, get over it. Be other-centered. Be a blessing to that individual. This joyfulness, this joyfulness that we have, it should motivate us to help each other. Look what it says here, and Paul encourages somebody to help these individuals. He says, I, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. See, we're to help each other. We're to be joyful. And he tells these indi this, this individual, this true yoke fellow, I want you to help these individuals. I want you to help them to get over the issues, to talk about the issues, to reconcile. You and I are to help each other. We're to encourage each other. We're to help each other out. This local church is made up of more than just one person, is it not? And we're, but we're all ambassadors for Christ. And this ministry, the ministry of reconciliation is given to each and every single one of us. And we're to do the work of an evangelist, are we not? Together. We're to do the work together. And sometimes we need to be motivating each other, to encouraging each other. Helping each other get over our issues. Paul says, true yoke fellow, help those women which labor with me in the gospel. These two women were important to Paul. 
Because one, they're part of the body of Christ, but two, because they also helped get further the gospel. And so serving, and again, Paul is also laying out, I, I, I see this picture too, is that they helped him further the gospel. There is an issue here, but he says, I want you to help these individuals because they're in the book of life. They're part of the body of Christ. They labor with me in the gospel. And when you labor together, I guarantee you Paul has a special relationship with these individuals. When you labor together, we have a special relationship with each other. Serving together is a joy. Being encouraged or just being a breath of fresh air is a joy to be around. Sometimes going up to someone and telling someone, hey, it's okay to forgive that individual can be a breath of fresh air. You don't need to hold on to that guilt. You don't need to hold on to that anger. So we're to be encouraging to each other. We're to be joyful, sharing the joy that the fruit of the Spirit produces, by the way. Does it not? It produces what? With love, joy. Love, joy. He wants them to get along. He wants to because they're important to him. They're, it's important to get the gospel out. He knows the importance of that. And not only that, but because they're part of the body of Christ, their name is written in the book of life. And the question I have for you and I is this. Is your name written in the book of life? Have you have accepted Christ as your personal Savior? Gospel is very clear. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, here it is right here. I delivered you first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. The gospel is right there in front of our eyes. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ did for you and I, and it's a free gift for by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's what? The gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. If you've accepted the good news from God, your name is written in the book of life. And if your name is in the book of life, that is something to be joyful about. It's something to always remember that you're in the book of life. Let that drive you. Let that motivate you. Let that encourage you. Let that encourage you to be a blessing to others. It's something to be joyful about. And if you do not know if your name is written in the book of life, do not leave here until you talk to one of us. Because you can know without a doubt, by believing in that gospel, what Christ did for you on that cross, you can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life, and it's a free gift. And you can't do anything for a gift, can you? If it's a gift, it's a gift. If I give my wife a gift for this coming Christmas, it's a gift. If I ask her for $10 back, she'll look at me like I'm crazy, and so would you. It's a gift. God says, Here's my love. Accept it 
and be eternal, eternally secure, be written in the book of life. It's something to be joyful about. It's something to be joyful about, and you too, when, you're, when you know for without a doubt that you're in the book of life, you will have a resurrected body at the rapture, and you will receive a glorious body like the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that day, it, it's going to be an amazing day, is it not? What a reunion that will be for us. Oh, what a day. All God's children should quote the next verse with me. And if you're a child of God, quote it with me. Verse 4, Philippians 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice when times are great. Rejoice when times are bad. Rejoice when your body aches and rejoice forever because nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. You have a heavenly home and you have a glorious heavenly body like the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to have a reunion one day with all our friends and family members who are already in the presence of the Lord. Oh, what a day. Are you ready for it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and grace. We thank you for this passage of Scripture, Father, to let it motivate us to always be joyful in everything that we have because of what Christ did for us on that cross. We look forward to that day when we meet you in the air. But until then, Father, help us to be a blessing to each other. Help us to share the gospel, the good news to the lost. Help us to always be reminded that your word is encouraging, but it's a comfort. It's a comfort to know, Father, that we are going to be reunited with all of our friends and family members who are already in the presence of you. We look forward to that day, too, of meeting you face to face. Thank you for loving us first and sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for our sins. That through simple faith alone, we can have forgiveness of sins and eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen.